0: Di Vagasfalta, my name is Will Fitzgerald and this is the Galway Film Podcast. Uh, today we are joined by Sophie Hyde, Director of Animals, making its Irish premiere at the Galway Film FLA this year. Uh, Sophie, welcome and thank, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, this is actually, I just realised earlier today, technically not your first film at the FLA um, because we had um sam klemke's time machine here a few years back which i believe you're a producer on um, or you have a producer credit on it i am honestly. a producer yeah. of
1: that yeah so it's made by my production company and um matt Bate, who is a long-term collaborator with, of mine it's his feature documentary yeah
0: yeah that was a really fun uh screening oh good <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a great movie it's like, so fun yeah, yeah. I think i had a lot of fun with that one um, so I kind of wanted to ask you before we, uh, you know, work out to animals, um, a bit about, uh, the Australian film industry, because it strikes me as being somewhat similar to Ireland and our industry in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they're both, um, English speaking, um, film markets, but at least here on this part of the world, we actually, we don't see a whole lot of Australian features. Mm. Um, is there, maybe you can tell us a bit about, mm. about that and working over there
1: guess it's yeah they are quite similar i think in terms of the size of the industry and also the feeling that um you might you know lose uh, the kind of voice of australia unless it's a funded um kind of cultural industry mm-hmm. uh which is i guess the same as here yeah. um you know that you can be taken over by certainly america and to a lesser degree the uk yeah. um in terms of market um yeah i mean we have a really thriving industry though i think um for the size of australia and um uh, and it, like everywhere it's difficult to be financing features at the moment um, but um, I think culturally Ireland and Australia certainly filming in Ireland the crews are very similar and that sort of yeah. thing um, we don't get that many Irish films either in yeah. Australia which is a real shame because you'd think that they would work yeah. really well right. for the audiences <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, and obviously Australians yeah, Australians all believe that they're Irish you know <Yeah>. A lot of Ned Kelly's down there. I'm yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It's weird that we don't see more of, uh, of each other's work being the sort of outlier in the in the English ling- language market. Mm. Um, but weirdly, I don't know if you know, or probably maybe people told you when you were filming here that there's like, there's there there are weird like um, there's a weird draw here in Ireland for Australian uh, television, um, like Home and Away is like possibly the longest running soap opera on Irish TV um when I was growing up we always used to get like Australian kids shows like the girl from tomorrow and mission (laughs) top secret I don't know if any of these were touchstones for you but yeah it was like it was like huge for a while and then it just sort of um yeah seemed to to I think Australia
1: made heaps of children's tv at one point as well that was a thing um but certainly home and away and neighbors I didn't know it was so big in Ireland of course I knew in the UK it's like crazy you know loved and you know in australia i don't think we really watch those shows um Probably, so. yeah i can imagine <laughs> yeah. well maybe we did like 20 years ago but they keep going i i'm surprised that they're still on um yeah i know everyone has this idea that Australia's just summer bay <laughs> you know like yeah yeah
0: i think you could attribute a, a huge part of the Irish immigrant population in Australia to uh, dreams of Summer Bay. That's uh, amazing. (laughs) um, So tell me a bit about how you got started in the industry. Were you like a film school kid or Mm -hmm. did you um, work towards that? How did you find your way in?
1: Well I grew up doing like youth arts so performing and making theatre with um, you know as a teenager and um, so I think I was always going to do this Um, and then I went to University and studied film and theatre, but not a film school, like a just a Bachelor film of studies, Arts. studies. Yeah, yeah, film studies. Um, and I think – and then I thought – because I come from a place called Adelaide, which is, you know, a million people, quite a small Australian city, um, sort of the weird cousin of Australian cities, and um, I always thought I'd leave. And so I did leave for a little bit, but then I came back and I, I got funding to make a – documentary and so I used to make a lot of documentaries and then I just stayed in Adelaide. And um, the way that I really started making films was I was working for a producer and I really disliked it. I worked on Mm. film sets um, as a producer's assistant and I really didn't like the hierarchical model of a film set. I didn't like the way everyone felt afraid of getting things wrong. Like it felt very uh, stifling Mm. and um, it felt like an industrial model rather yeah. than a kind of artistic practice. And so I sort of stopped making things or stopped being part of the industry and, and sort of moved away from it. And then I started working with a group of people that I'd kind of grown up with and we created a company together or more like a collective together mm. um, and there's seven of us that have been there for a long time now um, and other people that come in and out of it. And Closer Productions, the company, in a lot of ways we stayed and we can continued to work because we had that. And our idea was always to make things that – or to make things in a way that it wasn't just how it was done, you know. We always wanted to rethink what um, the process of a film was for every film that we made, um, the way that people would work. And so – We started working, we just worked on each other's things, which is why I'm a producer on Sam Klemke's Time Machine. I had produced Matt's first um, documentary feature called Shut Up Little Man and that was just because we were all working together. We were all just trying to get things done. So we were sort of straddling roles and and helping each other make things and um, that's how we started really as a company and through that we've made a lot of, um, you know, we made the docs, we made TV and features, and yeah, we're making a bit more TV now.
0: That's to, cool. Yeah. Um, uh, so, did um, a lot of your shorts I'm sure, came out of that collective?
1: I think I would made a, a few of my shorts before we were doing that. Uh, it's kind of a like organic process where some of us were already working together. Uh, the writer that I mostly write with, we were already working together, and Brian, who shot and edited animals, mm-hmm. he was already working with us, um, and then. Uh the first thing, when we kind of came together properly as a company, we made Shut Up Little Man, the feature documentary, and my first feature, 52 Tuesdays, all at the same time, and another oh, feature wow. doc. Or And there was only sort of the, a handful of us working on them. And so we kind of came out with those very quickly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, 52 Tuesdays was, uh, got a huge reaction. That was yeah. amazing. It won, at, I think it won at Sundance? It won the yeah.
1: directing award at Sundance and it won the um crystal bear at berlin
0: and was that also with the uh, that was with uh the writer you went was that matt mccormack is that yeah matt Cormack? yeah, yeah. Well, not
1: what? mccormack he not always much? gets called that matt Cormack. oh yeah.
0: it's matt Cormack. oh okay yeah but
1: people call him that all the time mccormack
0: yeah i wonder where i got that from maybe he's incorrectly credited somewhere i, mean, I don't know yeah
1: it does happen a lot
0: huh
1: <laughs> maybe he is so what's your guys
0: um writing process like?
1: Mm. It just varies, but we've known each other for a long time. We grew up together, Matt and I. And so we first made a short film called My Last 10 Hours with you. And I had a uh, I Matt wasn't really a screenwriter at that point, and I'd asked, but he was doing creative writing and I asked him to I wanted to tell a story over 10 hours and um about the end of a relationship and he um wrote a script you know, and sent it to me and and I loved it and we continued to work together from that point on. And with 52 Tuesdays, he came to me with a concept. He was like, I want to make this film where we film every Tuesday for a year. It's called 52 Tuesdays, but it's drama, it's fiction and um, it's based on all these rules. But he didn't have a story or characters or anything like that. And um, so we worked together to generate the material for that. And our writing process, yeah, it varies. On that, we wrote as we were making that film. So we had a very strong sense of what we wanted to happen mm-hmm. and the characters. We do loads of work on character. And uh, then we spend a lot of time talking. He writes scenes. I respond to the scenes. He rewrites. I respond. It's very kind of um, wow. connected. Yeah. And um, And we write like that all the time now. So... We just did a TV series in Australia, a four-part series, and that was probably, you know, he was taking the scripts away and doing them more, but we very much, you know, need to spend a lot of time together
0: yeah. to write. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Very, non, like, non-traditional you mm. know, kind of approach. I guess. And um, so, it, like, on top of then, you know, with directing, and between directing and producing, um, like how do you, like literally in terms of like the process of sitting down to write, how do you find time of the day or is there certain mm. hours of the day? Or
1: mm. well, certain times of, of my life. Um, yeah, I spend a lot of time on ideas and characters and throwing that stuff around. And because I don't have to write the scripts, I don't have to do the bit where it's like sit down and, and um, dedicate yourself to it. And that's probably good because I'm usually busy making stuff, you yeah. know, like um, shooting and financing. Um yeah, it goes in and out of stages. So if we're in a period of development, we work very hard to spend long hours together in development. It's story rooms basically, just talking it out. Um and because we set up this sort of company together, we're all we all work a lot. Like we don't we don't have random hours. Like we all get up, we mm-hmm. work all day and finish, like no matter what we're doing in our lives. Okay. It's yeah. really um uh, interesting, like that. It's a that. good
0: mental health approach, if nothing else. <laughs> it's weird, actually,
1: yeah. yeah. But um, so you know, we will set aside time now to you know go. Okay, we've got this idea for a project. We're going to spend a week in a room together, just talking about that, or we're going to spend four days or a day or whatever that is, and then sort of separate out some of the workload of it afterwards. Um, but for instance, the last couple of years, you know, I shot and then edited animals and went straight onto uh shooting this T V series, which Matt had been writing. So we don't always have time to do that. We're like at those times we're not developing anything. Yeah. We're, you know, um <laughs> locked in various rooms or on set, yeah. essentially. So it depends. It's it's a like shifting thing. Mm. We just try and give time to it when we can.
0: Cool. Yeah. And and so then um then when it came to animals, it's um that source material was already there. You you adapted uh, Emma Jane Onsworth Unsworth's excuse me yeah. uh, novel. Um yeah. d- Was it just a case of you read the book and fell in love with it, or
1: in fact, yes, and and Emma's the screenwriter on that. And mm. in a lot of ways, I think I took the process that I worked with with Matt, but there's some really key differences, which is yeah, the source material existed, and that source material is Emma's, you know, and very much comes from her. Mm-hmm. Um, then. I was sent an early draft of a script um, and I read the book the same day. So I, I read them both and I pitched uh, my sort of concept of what the film could be, which was different to what that that script was. And uh, then I came on and worked with Emma for four or five drafts um, and we were, you know, like the, in the process like that, we spent time together in a room in London where we just interrogated what was interesting about the work, what what I cared about, what she cared about, uh, how it could work on screen as opposed to the book. Mm-hmm. But also for, I found I was spending a lot of time uh, saying to her we could do the things that we loved about the novel rather than trying to turn it into a film in the most traditional sense. Like I think there was a feeling that she needed to transform it into like a conventional yeah. Uh, film narrative, and to try and find a way to yes, that's true, but also the things that drew me to the book. You know, this idea of these two women with these very visceral experience of their own bodies and um, uh, these these things. I felt like there had to be a way for us to put that on the screen, yeah. and that's not conventional narrative in no. c- in cinema. And so um, for me, it was like trying to give her the freedom to do that. Um, and I got freedom from her because she had the original source material. So it wasn't like trying to adapt someone's novel and being afraid of what they'd think, like she right. was doing it. Yeah. So we could kind of hold hands together and, and and leap off and do whatever we wanted, which was cool. Yeah. Um, And we went through so many things. Like there was a lot of voiceover in all, like three of the drafts, I think. So only the last draft or the second to last draft that we took the voiceover out, which was good. And very much, like, I, I make films almost always from the point of view of a character. Mm. And so that was, you know, it was very clear to me that we would maintain that. And the book is very much written from her. But um, trying to find a way to do that without the voice was really cool, yeah. like, finding those things. And um, there was a lot of flashbacks and stuff like that. We it was very. We went through stages where it was very poppy. And then, you know, it's comedy... And it is comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but definitely. also I'm interested in lots of the other elements uh, that make up those women and their lives. And so it was finding that tonal balance um, was part of the script development and then, of course, the making process as well. Yeah, And Emma's very funny. I mean, she's very observant and very witty and um, – I think there were long periods where I was making it less funny and then hopefully, like, trying to make it more funny again, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's good. And uh, talk maybe a bit about um, adapting, because the, the book is, uh, it's an English book. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out in Manchester, yeah. You're right, so you guys had to adapt it when you decided to shoot in Dublin. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, when it came to me, it was definitely going to be filmed in Manchester, and um, we even cast Holiday, Who's from Manchester mm-hmm. originally, and then um, we couldn't just couldn't raise the money from the UK, basically. And mm. I mean, part of that is having an Australian director. Probably it's like harder to do that. Um, but um, when it was suggested to me that we could consider moving, uh, consider filming in Dublin, there was a you know we could recreate Manchester in Dublin. We could move it to Dublin fully, mm-hmm. or we could. Um, make it a kind of generic city, right. you know, we don't yeah. know where it is, city.
0: Um, I'm glad you guys went with the middle of <laughs> it.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that ever really works. You have to do a kind of international accent and mm. stuff like that. But when we came over to, Ma- to Dublin to have a look, um, it was so clear that the women in the story could be in Dublin, you mm-hmm. know, and I had that feeling that it could be, a lot of different cities would be able to hold this story. Cities like Melbourne in Australia, certainly Dublin, um, certainly Manchester, they're, they're all over the place and there's a familiarity across cultures. But also Dublin was kind of a very interesting place for this char- these characters, you know, the literary stuff that's mm. in the film and in the book is, is right there and the drinking culture and there was some really great stuff about women's bodies and the... Um, a kind of political kind of activity repeal going on was at the time. The time, it was repeal it? the eighth yeah. yeah that's right and and emma's very interested in you know women being told what they can do with their bodies that's a big part of the story and mm. sort of fighting against that so it felt very much like oh this is a great city for this why would we not want to reset it here yeah. and then just the visual style of dublin kind of shifted the visual style of the film for the better I think like um all those georgian buildings and the streets and um it kind of created this very this slightly grotty glamour that happened to creep its way into the movie and that kind of came out of dublin i think and um so it felt perfect i mean i think i think emma was a little bit sad at first but then i think we all love that it's in dublin now mm. like it feels like how could we have been anywhere else? Yeah, you know?
0: no, really and truly, it's. I, I thought it suited it perfectly, you know. Yeah. Um, I was kind of shocked to find out that it was it was actually set in Manchester originally. Yeah, you
1: know? it would have been really different. You do it really differently and the characters yeah. in the story are a bit more street and they wear a lot of sneakers and, you know, there are things that you, you just, as an outsider, you come in and just sort of fall in love a little bit with the place and there are things you want to put on and... It was fast though because we had to – we were Australians. We had to come in and not just get to know Dublin as in what looks nice but where would these women actually be in Dublin? You know, like what streets and what's part of the city? All of these things that you're not getting from, you know, Tourist Guide to Dublin. Yeah. And they certainly don't – I don't feel like I've seen them much. I feel like Dublin – often looks the same in movies. Yeah, it can do. You yeah. know. Which but is a change. Yeah. It didn't feel like that to me. So no, I mean,
0: what I, one of the things I really loved about the film was uh, the sort of... Um, it brought out the youth culture, I feel, of Dublin. I, I felt like a very real uh, Dublin that I knew mm. that I actually hadn't seen represented previously. I think Irish cinema actually strives very hard to portray Dublin as, uh, you know, this big, you know, I don't know, metropolis, the metropolis of Ireland kind of thing. Mm. Um and it's generally sort of, I don't know, it seems to be pushing an agenda. And animals just sort of portrayed uh, like a kind of lived-in space that I knew. Mm. I mean, uh, it's very
1: intimate, the story of animals. And so you are seeing from, like, within the characters so often. So you're not never doing sort of sweeping streets and, uh, like, big wide shots and stuff. So in a way, it's like, that's what it feels like to be in a place, you mm. know, rather than to look at the place. Yeah.
0: Maybe, was there, were there anyone... Um, The the little touches, uh, again, that I also really admired, knowing after the fact that it wasn't originally intended to be set there, like, um, uh, you know, the characters were wearing, like, uh, Irish band (laughs) t-shirts and the the little phrases thrown in here and there. Um, Was that you guys taking a pass on the script with, uh, like, your Irish production partners or was there, like... Did you you give production diners, designers a lot of uh, freedom? or?
1: Yeah, I mean, I work really like collaboratively and I want everyone to kind of be part of what I'm doing. And so there was definitely a few different tweaks of the script to try and incorporate things that felt more appropriate, yeah. you know. Um, and also we had a great crew who we became very close with and people would throw in ideas and and lines and stuff like that, some of which we didn't use, you know. Like I remember some great lines, keep it handy. (laughs) And and we were trying to use it. It was like this isn't going to work, is it? No, it's not. Um, But um, in terms of the, you know, I had a really strong sense of how I wanted it to look, and that grew up around being in Dublin. And Louise, our production designer, was amazing and really achieved that and created so much of the world. Our costume designer, Renata, um, is Australian and has worked with us quite a lot, but she lived in Dublin for twelve years, so this was mm-hmm. her home for a long. That, that was her home for a long time, and she had an amazing team. And that team of um, costume the costume department brought in loads of ideas like that, like how to create those characters and the costumes are really informed the characters in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we also just, we talked to everybody. We didn't rely on just the crew. It was like, who are the people that we believe have the same taste as our characters and how yeah. do we find that and, and put it on screen?
0: Cool. Mm. Uh, There's one more thing I wanted to ask you actually as mm. well is cause you touched on, um, working in TV, mm. um, and the the experience of having worked in both like feature film versus TV, um, a kind of preference for going forward, like serialized drama or one-offs.
1: I mean, truthfully, I watch a lot of TV, like we all do, and mm. um, but I love going to the cinema. Like it's still a great pleasure for me, yeah. and um, I love the storytelling of cinema when it can be very intimate and encompassing. And so I would hate to think that I wasn't going to make movies. At the same time financing films is so hard getting people to see films is so hard and television you have people just desperate for the content and mm. giving you money to make it and you get to then have characters that last a long time and narratives that feel like they can move and shift so there's a great platform there to work yeah. in i would like to do both um I d- yeah but it feels like tv is where things are going to be happening yeah Mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, The series that you guys made, it's Adelaide, the title is Escaping Me. It's
1: called The Hunting. The
0: Hunting.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Fucking Adelaide. Fucking Adelaide. (laughs) That's what it was.
0: I thought thought that's what it was, but then I was getting, I'm like, no, no, I'm thinking of Fucking Amal, the movie. I know, which,
1: Fucking Amal was called something else in Australia? Show Me Love. Show Me Love. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, Fucking Adelaide, the series. Yeah, we made that in Adelaide, obviously. And that was super fun. Drama, family drama, comedy drama um and then we just made a four-part series called the hunting which is about teenagers sharing explicit images of their friends online okay. and that comes out in australia in august and here in september i think
0: oh it's coming out here on
1: channel Five. Channel f- oh, okay cool that's here right
0: yeah well it's a it's uk channel it's uk can, channel yeah, but it's can, in yeah, ireland yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what i thought yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. and so if people wanted to check out fucking adelaide uh
1: well i think fucking adelaide is only available in australia at the moment. Okay. That's weird, isn't it?
0: We'll look we'll look into that. <laughs> and we'll uh, I'll better find that out. Yeah. yeah. Surely we'll, it's available. When we post else. the episode we'll post a link if we can find yeah, it great. Uh, to a, if it's on a streaming service or yeah, something. Yeah, great. Yeah, that'll be cool. Okay, well thank you so much uh, for joining to us today mm-hmm. and uh, looking forward to animals. Thanks
1: so much. Cheers.